Hello and welcome. Welcome back to The Essential, as ruled by us, your dads, Dad and Son Podcast. I am feeling better than usual, and I'm also George, and I have with me The Essential, Matt Visual. Mm. Uh, hello. The Unstoppable, Incorrigible, Liam Edwards. Right, hello there. And, and <laughs> I I think I'm... I'm feeling chipper and and more awake than you guys this week yeah yeah, oh how the tables have turned (laughs) (laughs) guess who's been sleeping at night somebody's finally got two videos out and has realized that he can have a normal schedule again yeah let's see how long it lasts though i mean let's get real it's just gonna be like like three more weeks again and then i'm gonna be back in the in the shit ain't i but any case We'll we'll be padding out that time with an under wonderful episode of a carefully planned out, carefully choreographed dad and sons podcast. Here we are, meticulously detailed. One hundred and twenty seconds in, and the production values have never been higher, have they? <laughs> I see that Matt's light changes in the background, and now I'm I'm all in. <laughs> <laughs> that's just gonna make people want the video versions now i'm gonna have to like tack on another step of work uh, not because a lot of people watch them in audio yeah i'm gonna have to get bandy cam out and and, and make sure that i don't <laughs> slide the the notepad i'm typing with my keyboard over your guys's faces somebody sent us an email about you typing that you oh should really the art the, the uh what is, what is it the rtx uh, oh yeah now i have to like ray trace away my keyboard no, there's the what is it like a filter um, effect where you can basically filter out any noise other than your voice. Like it registers every waveform and then gets rid of every waveform that doesn't match your voice. I gotta turn on the NVIDIA RTX ray tracing two times psi uh, uh, pixelation filter to to try and and filter out the noises of my keyboard, which, you know, I'm not going to have anyone on Slack at least arguing with me about what's taking so long because now those, oh, never mind. Sorry, I literally said that as a notification came up on my phone that I had not yet muted. Hello, (laughs) I'm a background noise factory. I mean, you needed to see a man about some monkeys last week, so I don't blame you too much. Oh my God, that game. game. (laughs) Let's go, let's go right into it. Come on, let's do this. Matt, give it to us. Is that how we're starting off? No, no, no. Have you played Liam? No, I'm a fuck. I just watched George's video and live vicariously through both of you. And I and I want to ask about that. Like, what what is it that looks so unappealing about this game to you, Liam? Uh, I don't know. I kind of want to hear Matt's thoughts having played it, and then I'll tell you why it's unappealing to me. Because maybe Matt can corroborate your feelings of love. I mean, I mean, Liam, if you were listening to the live stream, I mean, you have all the data you need. Well, that's um, the thing is I watched the live stream as well. And I kind of just, it confirmed my, I mean, yeah. it did make me slightly more interested, but it did kind of confirm why I wasn't that interested in the first place. It's clunky, man. It's, I played it for a few hours, right? Spent $10 on it. Use my epic coupon on this. <laughs> epic this coupon. This what, did you pay like $2 game. or something? This fucking monkey game. And um, let me tell you, 
you get dropped in and at first it is quite cool you know you're playing the little 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 child monkey and you're seeing like all the fears around in the forest i i thought that was really cool yeah you see eyeballs in the in the bushes and like fangs dashing out at you but but they were just a shadow yeah and i and i was like creeped out i went up to the to the top of the the trees and tried to swing around that was clunky as hell but i did it and then i finally reached um the family after that like Things just didn't work properly. And I know George is going to disagree with me here. But for me, doing the same thing that worked the first time did not work. So it says build. It has this little little person giving you orders. I don't know. The, the game giving you orders. Um, saying, oh, build a, build a sleeping area. The, the, the objectives that get stamped yeah. on your screen by God. Yeah, God. and you're like, okay, obviously you get you you see the leaves on the ground. Oh, you get leaves. Okay, that's easy enough. I get leaves, and I kept stacking them, stacking them, stacking them. Right, right. As a child. Yeah, it, I did it as a child. Yeah, you're not supposed to be a child. Not supposed to be a child. That's what I I switched. I was so, like, oh, I can switch to a person. I sw- I mean, I switched to a, a regular guy, an older one, older monkey, and automatically i picked up one of the 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 <laughs> things off the floor that i already stacked and he was you see like oh construct and i was like okay then i construct it the next time i tried to build a sleeping area to grow it a little bit more it would not let me do it regardless of what monkey i had i stacked so many so i'm supposedly i i guess you're not supposed to stack more even though i told you like oh the more you have the more whatever but they don't sleep on it they sleep on the floor anyway so what the fuck is the point <laughs> what so, is the point so as 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 i recall i think you only essentially need a sleeping spot just for yourself the ai will like automatically share other sleeping spots you lay down if you have three or more leaf piles, that's supposed to activate the construction prompt. But there also is like a really finicky selection mechanic going on. You probably noticed where sometimes when you're close to the thing you're trying to interact with, the like, like, like interaction function will will not activate. Yeah, that could have been your problem. No, no, it's just I I would just stack the same leaves, but. They also don't sleep in their sleeping areas, though. So what's what's the point of the sleeping areas? They don't they, sleep. They sleep on the floor. They they, they <laughs> the other monkeys they sleep do. on the floor, I, dude. I don't. I've seen they like auto target towards it if if they need to, and if there's not one around, they'll sleep. Did on I get the some floor. broken game, and you got some like clean, clean, crisp game? Because like everything else is just like they they tell you the, the to to find the hidden waterfall thing, and you're just like going around and you're identifying stuff, and then there's this huge waterfall in your village, and you try to climb the waterfall and you hit an invisible wall, and you're just like, this fucking game. <laughs> they say identify the waterfall oasis, which means look at it. No, the, the and secret hold the button area down. though. The secret area, not the actual waterfall. No, it says identify the the hit. It's called the hidden waterfall oasis because yeah. it's kind of sort of hidden in the jungle, not because it's hidden from you. 
that's that's the, an error of translation. Like one thing I've also noticed is that the tutorial messages are like not very well describing what you are supposed to do. And mm. and I think that's the result of the game coming from a French speaking studio that, mm. that didn't in Canada write this stuff up from scratch by an English speaking audience for an English speaking audience per se. And and that a lot of this game's problems could have been nixed with more of a playtesting budget for for purposes like that. Oh, but absolutely. It also is like deliberately supposed to be obtuse and make you feel like a dumb animal. And that's 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 something that that evidently obviously didn't didn't rub off well on a lot of people. And like like as much as I want to say I think I get it. It also really disheartens me to see how much of a George game it really is, I guess. It is definitely a George game. It's <laughs> like anything with clean mechanics, like like it, it it's it's a beautiful game. Don't like it. But as soon as it's like just trash, just like absolute trash, you're just like, oh my god, this game is for me. <laughs> this game was made for me. <laughs> I get this game. I get this game. I'm so big on like the implications behind mechanics that I am very, very tolerant of putting up with with the jank if there's like cool messages behind it. Like, if the jank is there for a purpose, then that just makes me feel like the game was too complicated and, like, big and nasty of a beast to be contained. It feels punk rock to me. It feels like, <laughs> like, like, like the game's just too cool for polish. It's funny, like, I, I just didn't have the patience for it. You know, I really was really interested to see if you actually became human, right? And I'm assuming you didn't because i never see any screenshots or or anything like that about you know like actually becoming human because that, that's the part i would actually like to see like that being the end game there's a little bit of a story behind that too yeah it, it doesn't feel like that big of a spoiler to say because i i played through it and, and enjoyed it for like a good 30 hours knowing this and oh my god hours. doing the same thing yeah. i was having fun no no, your routine changes, your monkey changes, the environment drastically changes, the difficulty curve flips upside down, then gets flipped upside down again, like you figure out how to fight predators and it becomes super duper easy, but oh no, then you have to survive in the desert, and all of a sudden it gets way, way harder again because um, having to, to find water and food is so much more of a bigger deal in this game than the others. Like, you're gradually figuring out how to make bigger and more complicated camps to a point where eventually, like, I had a monkey society of monkeys who were, like, arranging an assembly line of, of building branch fences around our cave wow. with, like, people who had roles. Like, the elders would stay home and take care of the kids and 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 the men would go out and hunt with, with the younger women. And it was just like, oh, my God, now all of a sudden we're living in a society. We're becoming human. But you technically don't become human. That sounds actually really interesting i'm not gonna lie that sounds really good yeah i made a i made a video trying to hype people up for for slogging through the the learning curve of that game but i feel like the learning curve is an important slog to go through because it makes you feel that much more empowered after you take those extra steps like one thing that saves a lot of time is just a, a call button that brings your whole family over there to you when you double tap the uh the ooh, ooh, ah, ah button later on they like will start mimicking your actions 
So you'll show them how to build things and how to collect things and then press a button that triggers them to mimic them. And then you start like seeing them walk in an assembly line doing it. And it's really, really, really fascinating and, and, and interesting and, and inspiring and also empowering and fun because it's such such a clunky mess in the beginning to, to climb over that curve and get to that point. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I get it. I'm not going to pressure you into trying to, to, to give it another stab. But I want to get to a monkey society. I mean, 30 okay. hours is a huge investment, though. Jesus. But it Christ, does, man. like, look and feel different as you, you go eventually on. There's become human. Yeah, that's that was the point, right? You don't become human. You, ah! you leave off the evolutionary timeline yeah, at around exactly. two million years ago, which is when they started <laughs> to move away from apes towards humanoid type subspecies where you had the Neanderthals and and then the Homo sapiens, and everyone was just banging and killing each other, and it was nuts, and it was the Ice Age, and people were dying, and it was horrible. <laughs> Do monkeys bang? Uh, oh, wait, did you not bang? Man, you don't bang, you just rub someone's back, man. Get out of here. What? You never pressed the mate button? Yeah, you rub their back. That's it. No, they're, well, and then eventually you you upgrade from back rubbing to actual mating, and, and it, it makes... The pregnant you press it. It doesn't does it show the monkey to a witcher sex scene. How does it compare? Okay, the camera just pans up to the ceiling. You don't see the monkeys bang, but but Matt, there totally is a bang bang the I monkey button. See some hairy beasts. The the next objective God gives you after building a bed and identifying the hideout that that your mate is in is is look at the mate, <laughs> activate the the mate, and then mate with the mate. You are like two objectives away from some very, very fundamental mechanics of this game that, yeah. that will hopefully open things up for you a bit more. It, it literally said, have a baby. And to do that, I had to become a couple. And I became a couple. And then it gave me that, that, that water that water thing. I water was like, thing. oh, no. Yeah, the waterfall thing. And I went out into the jungle, ah. broke my leg, got really scared. <laughs> <laughs> got really scared found found another woman a younger woman because there was only two old old people in my in my camp old dads yeah so i brought her home <laughs> <laughs> yeah did you press the mate button with her yeah yeah she liked it <laughs> yeah yeah they don't they don't mate with you unless they like it yeah. <laughs> i mean that's, that's oh. matt just rubbing their back that's what they like you 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 rub. You rub I got skills, you, my friend. You, um, you pick <laughs> bugs out of your girlfriend's back to increase your social links. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So how was your day? I don't know. I got I got I got a bunch of ticks and wasps dead in my <laughs> oh. fur, though. You wanna oh. you wanna eat them? Oh I yeah. The saber toothed tiger. I still haven't seen the hornet stuff. I should probably look up the hornet stuff. I keep hearing about it. The killing oh, hornets you, coming over. I've never the murder hornets. I've, I hear little, like, I see little memes. That's it. I never actually like looked into the story. Don't go looking for the murder hornets. They'll find you. That's <laughs> insane, though. That's insane. Well, apparently Anyways. Japan has them, and Japan's fine. We've had them for eight for forever, I guess. You have a spray? Do you have a spray? Nope. <laughs> You know what this reminds me of? Liam, Liam loves death. He's on the <laughs> living on the edge. 
you know how like there's a lot of racism involved with this coronavirus scare like like the sinophobia yeah. in the united states is is like nuts and my friend's parents asian restaurant is not doing very well right now right. i feel like the asian murder hornet scare strikes a similar tone to me as the africanized killer bee scare of the 90s <laughs> really yeah, because they would always like put that 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 prefix there on the title, Africanized Killer Bees. And these are Asian murder hornets. Wow. Thus uh uh playing into the fears of um like the Chinese virus. Yeah. Forces of nature coming over from Asia to kill all the white people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor white people. <laughs> Fucking white people. I'm playing a, a very loud, very large violin for, for all the white people suffering from the Asian murder hornets. <laughs> so, going back to your question, obviously Matt's not digging it, which I kind of assumed would happen. It does feel like it's yeah. very much a George game. And yes. I don't think that's too much of a problem, but... That to me, immediately after the two and a bit years of doing this now, speaks that I'm going to have to spend what limited resource of time I have just fucking learning to play the game mm -hmm. than I would enjoying it. And I don't think, I think two things here are at play. One, I think I'm really bored of open world games. Like, I have mm. been for a long yeah. time. And this game is like generic PS3, Xbox 360 generation levels of open world. Yeah. forest it's like the crisis forest full of monkeys and the second is a lot of what you play video games for you have to literally learn over millions of years in this game <laughs> like killing other animals or getting good at being like a normal animal it's using your hands yeah like that's on the upgrade like tree it's like I'd rather actually watch a monkey documentary than mm -hmm. play the monkeys. Well said. I like I, I, I respect what they're going for. And after having invested some time in watching the stream and also watching your video, I feel like there is something quite compelling there. But in terms of like respecting my time as a video game player, yeah, this, this is I'm not going to touch this. I really... I, I think the other thing going on is that I'm obviously on a big, like, oops, this game has an accidental edutainment pinned to it. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Like, like I really dig the idea of learning about anthropology through games that might be, like, a sort of playable documentary. Like, I, I feel like we're on the cusp of some big, ho hopefully, some some kind of big awakening or evolution in a lot of game mechanics that might have game developers thinking that that they can be more informative and educational about this stuff and purely entertaining in some respects i mean i would agree with you in some sense that that is exciting but when i look at ancestors and obviously i haven't firsthand played it but having watched you know at least a mm -hmm. few hours of it now all you're doing is a pseudo version of unlocking skills in a skill tree and that just isn't that exciting. I, yeah. when I'm playing it, I feel more like I'm doing a pseudo version of an open world gaining territory loop. Mm. And it's a version of a very familiar type of open world game design that I actually 
really appreciate. So you were just mentioning about how tired you are of open world games. And I'm with you there. This one seems like one, though, that is built from the ground up to be one, whereas what I'm tired of are open worlds that feel like filler between carefully planned, choreographed set-piece missions. And this is a game where the basic core gameplay mechanics are about exploring around your camp, collecting stuff, bringing it back to the camp for, for only like a two-day spread, then moving on to the next camp. And yeah, You've described like four, five thousand open worlds RPGs in those two sentences alone. And, and, and whilst it has this wrapper around it of in, ingenious monkeys that gain more knowledge as they go on, everything from the way their like brain synapse works is just aesthetically a RPG skill tree of unlocking various skills just at a very, very basic level to begin with. And and don't forget that you literally have to look at something, hold a button <laughs> every single time you want to identify something. It is no, the most tedious shit yeah. Only, only with no, new items. It's like a three-second process, and it's tedious, and I get it. It's gamifying you being a stupid monkey who doesn't know things. But once it's in your clan's genetic memory, you don't go through as big a process again. Depending on, on, on Dude, like quirks of memory. You have to do it a lot. That is the only thing I would take away from this that I wish games did more. I'm always intrigued by games where you play generations of something and then you have the yeah. knowledge, the prior knowledge of a previous generation and being able to then figure something out. I don't know. There isn't really a good game example of something that has figured that out, really. But I do like the idea of not having to do stuff like Matt's describing because oh, you've already it's a learned lot, it. But Liam. in a more ingenious way than just holding a button down for a period of time, which is well, we're well. not talking about five or ten times. We're talking about way more than that. Your monkey has a short term and a long term memory, and there's there's different degrees to which you have to scan things over and over again versus identifying things which are two different verbs in the system anyways okay if the point is i want to bring up one cool thing that also happens like like 20 to 30 hours in that's an important lesson that's part of the playable documentary is that after getting your way down that tree and passing enough generations and and learning a whole bunch of skills that make the control scheme and, and flow way faster and easier one of the more like important lessons that I noticed from this that almost does make it feel like a playable anthropology documentary is that as you level up over the millions of years and get your monkeys better, the predators stay the same. It, it was one of like a jillion light bulbs that we're blinking on that made me think like, oh, oh, that's the neat thing about evolving as a human is that you're like, you're almost artificially selecting their evolution by forcing them into new environments they're not used to while all the other predators keep patrolling their same territory from a million years ago and never change. And and that's that's like another cool in-game moral of the story that I appreciate noticing from how 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 gameplay budgets have to be set up. <laughs> the more and more your characters evolve down that RPG system, the more and more the monsters stay the same, and that kind of makes you think about one of the foundational fundamental aspects of being the creature that's holding the controller playing that game 10 million years after the being events being depicted. The one grunting away on Twitch, having not evolved that much further. Speaking of evolution, 
Speaking of evolution, how have you not evolved far enough to not get food poisoning again? It was when I noticed that you actually have something to gain in the short term by making your monkey suffer through food poisoning. They will slowly build a tolerance. It has an Oblivion-style level upgrade system. You know how in Oblivion, when you use short axes, you can just mash the button in front of a, a HP sponge enemy and it would level up your short axes. It's tied to how many like successful button presses of that action you do. Wait, 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 wait. You actually got your monkey's food poison because I was referring to the fact that you, George oh, Weedman, have not evolved far oh enough to not get food oh, poisoning because you did it again. You bastard. Oof. Yeah, yeah, I put that on the outline, didn't I? That was one of my <laughs> real life fiascos this week was another... How'd you keep doing this? It seems I the monkeys were understand. I don't know. George, is I... something you're doing. I, I don't disagree with you. I'm still inside all the time, and I don't have a great diet. You claim to be a good cook. Do I need to buy you vitamins? I need to buy you vitamins. <laughs> you might, actually, because I have not been able to refill vitamin D specifically because of the fucking coronavirus shortages. Yeah. Like, like the essential medical supplies and cooking supplies are sold out in the stores unless you get there real early in the morning. I don't know how last time you guys been to the store, but I was in, in a store two weeks ago and they had Venezuela shelves. You know when people like like criticize how horrible it is in third world communist countries, they show pictures of Venezuela grocery shelves and how, how they're they're missing in stock or just full of one brand of stock? That's what a lot of the grocery stores look like right now. And it's uh... Seriously? Yeah, well in Atlanta for a good chunk of the lockdown, like I said, it has been a couple of weeks since I've been out there but if you go down the baking aisle you see Venezuela shelves. You see this giant big ass aisle that has nothing for like the whole bottom wait, shelf of it. Wait, wait, George, you have not gone shopping, so how do you eat? Delivery food. <laughs> oh no. So are you saying delivery food and rice stocks? I have big bags of rice in the pantry. I've been going through throughout this. <laughs> George went went through the coronavirus already, and he just doesn't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe he just had it. <laughs> maybe he just had it. He just didn't know. You should you should call your doctor to see if you had the antibodies. No, no, you definitely know when you have it. Like, if you survive, it's don't. still, like, the worst. Oh, that's right, you can be asymptomatic. If you do develop symptoms, it's supposed to be, like, whether you're young or old, some of the worst flu you're going to get in your whole life. And Yeah, my friend had it, and I, I work at the hospital. So. You lose your sense of taste? You lose your sense of smell? Your friend probably definitely knew they had it. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, he, <laughs> he had it. <laughs> he did not like it. Somebody said to me the other day that the Japanese flu is worse than coronavirus, which is absolute horseshit because I'm a massive baby and I've had influenza twice and it sucks. But the coronavirus seems way fucking worse. Influenza. That sounds more deadly. Influenza. That's what they call it in Japan. Influenza. I mean, it is quite well known that the Japanese strand of flu is like pretty nasty. It fucking. It knocks you out for like a week. It sucks. I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one interested. I'm pretty sure people listening are interested. How are people handling the coronavirus in Japan? So here, things are still closed. Some things are opening up. People are going out more and are rebelling, basically. But um, in Japan, was it always closed up and you're now just opening or nothing has really I mean, changed? I think I've alluded to this a little bit. Japan didn't really change very much. It did change. Okay. 
and we had what was called the Japanese state of emergency, which by all intents and purposes didn't fucking change anything. <laughs> right. And a lot of businesses did close. Karaoke places closed. A lot of bars closed. Mm, yeah. Uh, bars were not supposed to be open past 8 p.m. Ah, of course, they still were. It's Japan. Everybody was still going out, but everybody wears masks. And everybody maintains social distance because in Japan, you kind of just do that naturally because you don't invade people's personal space. And now... Sipping on trains. End of, well, actually, trains were kind of deserted and stuff like that. It was definitely less Ooh. people traveling. Ooh, I'd love to see that. Some, some apocalyptic footage of... Yes. There, was, there was a there was a percent drop in tourism. There was only two thousand nine hundred yep. tourists in all of Japan last Which month. Oh probably God. was good for them because haven't less than a thousand people died from this over there? So that's the thing. I think it maybe just peaked over a thousand, but considering our population density, not just the population number, but the density of a place like Tokyo, where, to be fair, we were having cases of like 100 a day for a long time, which is scary. 100 a day, you think, fuck, if you can't control a cluster of 100, but, you know, only 1,000, supposedly. Now, there have been a rise in cases of pneumonia and influenza. So I am, they are definitely not exactly 100% accurate about what the correlation is between those deaths and coronavirus, because I imagine some of them must be attributed to the coronavirus. But at the end of this week, state of emergency lifts in everywhere but Tokyo and Osaka. So technically, everything can go back to normal in Japan. But they have a new kind of lifestyle, which is if you go out, you have to wear a mask or you should wear a mask. You're a public pariah otherwise. <laughs> uh, you stay two meters away from people um, and, you know, don't cough on people and stuff. And supposedly the R number, which is like the infection rate number per person now is 0.3. So you have to have three people with coronavirus to infect one person. Now. So Really? It's yeah, it's supposedly pretty good. Like if it goes above one, that's when you're fucked which I think is what the UK was at at some point. But now in Japan, it's 0.3. You know the US is way past whatever that is. It's funny because I was looking at the statistics. The UK is statistically the worst place on the planet. For the, per million, the amount of people that have died is worse than America. The UK is absolutely fucked. But hey-ho. Yeah, so Japan, I don't know. Everything seems to be returning to normal. Um, Schools are open and shit, so I don't know. They didn't really do anything different, but it worked. Well, I bet they have a lot to gain just from closing off the travel because they get to be an island. It's so it's it so could have gone one way or the other, right? When you have a population density that's the highest on the planet in a place like Tokyo, it's like it, what? How many people per square meter is insane. You think yeah. one person coughs in one square meter and a thousand people have it. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Japan feels like, but it just didn't happen. And so, you know, who knows? Once everything opens at the end of this week and the second spike happens, is it going to be worse than the first time? I don't know. It's all up in there. My prediction now is that we're going to learn that the masks are the defining factor, like the most significant contributor to stopping the spread. Because that is also the big thing Japan's real big on. It's that's... so 
honestly strange that wearing a mask is such a has become such a thing yeah. in America. I can't. I like it's baffling. <laughs> what is with people's and like to wear like basically a, a thin veil of paper on your face, like like a scarf or something? Mm-hmm. Why won't people wear it? Like, can you guys as great patrons of the United States of America explain to me why the fuck won't people wear masks in America? It's a combination of like people not believing in in what's going on and uh, ignorance and all sorts of stuff, man. Oh, you can get it through your eyes. Why do I need to wear a mask? You know, it's just like a lot of little things like that. People, there's so much information out there. There's so much fake stuff. There's so much real stuff. Like, people get confused and people just do what the fuck they want to do. It's it's America, man. It's it, uh, it's, it's so it's mad. Fucking America, that... man. Like, yeah, <laughs> you see this defeated voice. Like, that's just, it's just. I feel. Come on, man. So sorry for both of you. Jesus Christ. So I, I think that not, the willingness to not want to believe and the desire to do whatever you want stems from a certain degree of selfishness and individuality that comes from from a lot of, of cultural messages Americans get bombarded with as children. And also the fact that a lot of Americans are living in in kind of sort of pseudo poverty like lower middle class oh i can survive okay but if i lose my job i might not sort of level of of financial yes. stability but they do not want to believe it like like most of americans will not claim that they are in the working class or the middle class but how would that be true if unemployment rates weren't drastically higher than they even are right now um and that not believing the authorities comes from a place of wanting to define yourself in opposition to those hardships you're facing that you don't even want to admit are true because there are rules of a system that are reminding you that you're not actually an individual. And a lot of your your success in the future just depends on, on like the healthiness of the economy when you graduate college. Insane in the membrane. Outside Man. of virus talk, then. What yeah. chaps up to? Before we get un unmonetized. <laughs> Before Trump comes down and stamps out the authorities. I'm in Japan, man. I'm off I'm off base. We can go pirate radio with this shit. <laughs> um What else shit, has been what? going on? Have I even been playing anything? I feel like I played this this one thing. So well basically what happened, I was uh I was playing a bit of games, you know, it's playing a little Dark Souls. You were playing been, Maple Story again. No, I was uh, mod, modding, uh, I was doing some reshade, I was doing all sorts of things, man. Did you get and into I, Dark Souls mods? No, 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 I just, I played vanilla, but but I made it look real good, though. Um, <laughs> nice. <laughs> um... I uh just like this read this is like race uh race uh tracer um thing that you can inject into reshade that's like really good as well by this guy. You have to pay like five dollars to get it, but jeez. It's <laughs> ooh, five dollars. <laughs> if you're struggling with the five dollars, then no, don't, I'm not I, I'm not thinking of, of like my own dire situation with that. That was more like 
Whoa, they really went and did that? $5 for a reshade mod now? Well, it's it's the only one of its kind. It's it actually makes makes like a not the equivalent of like what you see in ray, ray tracing in in like Minecraft or whatever, but the the sort of look that you would see. So he's like the only one who does it. They're so like fake ray tracing. I guess you you shouldn't say that. Supposedly, ray tracing. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Someone, someone more. I, I don't know. I don't know, but it does look good. I don't know. It does look good. It doesn't look the same, though, but it does look good. Um, adds, like, a nice shadow to everything. Um, but then, in the beginning of the week, I think, like, a couple of days after the podcast, I just decided to stop playing video games. <laughs> oh, my God. It's We're having an intervention. What the hell is happening here? So, I feel like... Okay. Not entirely, obviously. I'm going to play games for the podcast. But I feel like I've been using video games as like like a reward after finishing work. And since the coronavirus, I've had more time like staying home mm. and stuff. And I just need to play like a game to fill the time. And I feel like that's that's not for me. That's not good. For me, for the stuff I want to do, the stuff I want to achieve, I'm just like, I'm just like wasting my time playing things I don't need to when I could just find like a time like, oh, today I'm going to play this for the podcast or something like that. And um, so I stopped, stopped playing games entirely, entirely stopped playing games. And I noticed I had so much free time. <laughs> holy shit <laughs> hey matt welcome to the club <laughs> you're on my side of the fence now yeah i had so much free time like and i'm not talking about like after work you have like this three hour or four hour window sometimes right after work and you're just like okay i can i can play something instead of that i've been learning stuff i've been i've been reading up i've been reading a book i've been like uh of course i have more time to be like okay you know i can i have nothing to do right now i can go out for a night run and i can do that um and i find that it's it's so much more healthier to me (laughs) to do that and manage my i guess like supposedly addiction to like having to fill that air with something that i don't need to like i want to if I want to play a game, I want to play the game because I want to play the game instead of just like, because you mm. saw me on Discord. I was just like, I need a fucking game to play. And there's like nothing because I played everything. And I play, and I talk about it on this podcast. I play everything. So I was just like, okay, maybe I just need to take a break. And I think once like the next thing comes out, like Cyberpunk and stuff, I'm just going to be ready. Like my mind is going to be open and ready and just not like mush. From like all these other games that I've played, especially from playing those Assassin's Creed games, man. <sighs> those open world games. <laughs> I think Yeah, those are yeah. podcasts. Those, those Ancestors are... Mankind Odyssey demands far more mental awareness than those. <laughs> of course. But not to say playing video games are bad or anything like that. It just for me, I wanted to like mix it up a bit. You know? And 
I'm 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 glad I did. Like this this week, I'm probably gonna play some Fantasy Star Online though. <gasps> Fantasy Star Online too. Yeah, it's that, coming that's out, baby. Tomorrow, right? Yeah, it, uh, I think it's t- t- yeah tomorrow for you. Today for me, I think. I yes. I actually do want to play that. I do yeah. want to fucking play that. I played it I years ago on the on the English patch, and mm. um, it's finally after years. It's been years since we had Willie on the podcast, and we we talked about that. So it's finally gonna be coming out. It's probably gonna be a mess. Like they don't even have. You can't even search in um, when the PC game is gonna come out and give give you a straight answer. You can't even find out when you can preload. Nothing. Yeah, I tried to find out if I could preload and I couldn't find anything. You, you can preload. I, it still I, I'll get Windows the link for 10. you. It still said like Windows 10 coming soon. <laughs> I was yeah, like, oh, okay. like, what are you guys doing? Like, <laughs> I don't understand. Like, who who does this stuff? This game is coming out in a few hours, and you're just you're just you're not you're not communicating. Oh, like what? Found a Forbes article that says the exact times, uh, the exact launch timing and preload timing. Uh, will be 11 p.m. PT on May 26th. Yeah, so later on tonight for me. And then you'll be able to play six hours later at 5 a.m. PT on May 27th. Yeah, I'll preload and then go to sleep then. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, it- I'm gonna, yeah. But yeah, that's that's what I've been doing. Is it I only can't- North American? Like it's only coming out in North America in on PC. I keep forgetting that you're in Japan and things don't work that way. I mean, I don't think that would stop me, but... I'm wondering why the hell I was more aware and looking forward to, or at least planning the time to, preload and press a button and play it as soon as it came out for Minecraft Dungeons. <laughs> Which is, uh, it's on what? the Xbox Game Pass. It released at 4am the previous night before we're recording this now. So it's technically unlocked and out, but like I would so much rather play Fantasy Star Online and try to check that out for the first time since past twenty years of um <laughs> just playing the first game on the Dreamcast and then hearing all these yeah. good things about the sequel. I wonder if it's a good idea to play for me to play just before I'm gonna play Xenoblade Chronicles at the end of this week as well. Oh well, uh... forget the boob game, man. Shut up, man. Like an official, <laughs> like man. real English release. This this isn't part of the fans. Is is this not some kind of cheap spinoff product? Are they are they making it easy and accessible to sign up for? Uh, well, it's free, and yeah, I mean, easy and accessible. No, because oh they're 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 they don't know how to communicate. I I get annoyed with this type of stuff. I don't know why. Like, it's just like, come on, guys. Like, it's that easy to put up a page. PC will be released this time. That's it. That's all you got to do. Random tangential point. What is it that gets the T rating by the ESRB now? I see Fantasy Star Online has a T rating. That just triggered my memory. Boops. Maybe. I Matt, did you know Ancestors Mankind's Odyssey got a T rating? Naked monkeys. There's monkey nudity. And there's like horrific monkey violence. Wait, do you see balls? You don't see balls, but you see b- breasts. It has a mate button. It has a mate button. There, there are monkey breasts. That's immediately going to be something. You keep saying mate button, but I don't. 
I, you don't actually see it. Are we talking about hot coffee here? Are we talking about hot coffee? The camera strategically pans away after you press the mate button, but the mate button's still there. They are mating. How is this might educational? Not... How is this educational if you cannot see <laughs> two monkeys do it? Because they don't want to teach the kids about how, how monkeys do it, just that monkeys do do it. But yeah, apparently that game has uh, a T, and it has red blood, and it has like really scary horror motifs sometimes. And scary boobs, and... apparently. And yeah, there's there's monkey boobs, but I guess it doesn't matter if it's not <laughs> a human character bleeding or having boobs, which is weird because maybe I think I think the 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 shape of of the boobs has something to do with it too. Like these monkey boobs do not look like human boobs. Well, yeah, they definitely look like boobs, but not not the boobs that that we all know and love. Hopefully, yeah. Liam is cracking up. Liam is cracking up after you fumble <laughs> this up. How did we get here? Are we talking about like, okay, you know what? Let me just. Okay, no, like <laughs> just we, we got here. I will totally admit out of a completely tangential <laughs> reference that triggered in my mind after seeing this T rating on the Fantasy Star Online page, because all that did was was make me want to ask a funny question. And that is whether or not red blood and boobs is is <laughs> sanitized red, enough red for, blood is, yes. for a T. Yeah, red blood. Not, not boobs, um, because... We live in a society where, where butts and dicks and all this type of stuff are kind of like, you know, red X, you know, you're not supposed to show bodies. The dicks maybe, but butts like traditionally don't count. Like you can, you can show your butt off to whoever and, and you, you won't even get an R if you're making a movie with a butt in it, let alone a, I'm trying to think of T rated games that have butts. Boobs, you absolutely will. But they're they're covered with fur, and the the monkey boobs are not covered with fur. Like they're they're out in the open, and fur still like like I think counts as clothes <laughs> when you're when you're rating a video game. You're really into these these monkey boobs? Man. Well, I, that's because I'm just fascinated at whatever what what the 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 moral authorities of Western society consider inappropriate for the kids in a given decade. Was Heavy Rain a, t- a teen or a mature? Oh, I'm sure that was mature. That had to have possibly been. That game has uh like like striptease sequences. Yeah, actually wasn't Heavy Rain one of the games to like like push the envelope of video game nudity until we got until we get to the Cyberpunk 2077 genital customization screen? Oh my god, I can't wait, dude. See, we're at a point now where you can have genital customization screens in an M-rated AAA game for everyone and fully uncensored monkey boob with an implied monkey mate button. Well, we don't know yet because it hasn't been. Ha- has it been rated? Has Cyberpunk been rated? Already? I think that's how we found out about the genital customization screens. Is that the ESRB put that out oh, on their rating blurb? Okay. It's rated A. Wow, that game is done then. It's rated A, my friend. Rated A for adult themes. Yeah, uh, GameStop can't sell it if it's A though. Yeah, Never but GameSpot's it's a thing of the past, my friend. <laughs> you might be right. That was from the before four times. <laughs> well, I, <laughs> the ho- hopefully, time. anyone who works there, man, just just find something else. Get that, get that uh, unemployment, man. Unemployment is paying pretty good. Maybe that's what we can do. We can find every game that has been rated T and has a butt in it, and then that can be Matt's reward for what? doing his work. No, instead no. of other games, some teen butts. <laughs> 
<laughs> team butts. <laughs> team butts. Oh man, this this podcast is going in bad places, man. <laughs> I opened up a new tab and saw that someone just sent me a tweet that says, "Damn, Super Bunny Hop's video on ancestors made the game sound quite amazing." Too bad I have a fear and hatred of monkeys and apes after being assaulted by monkey ass. And I just like, I don't want to ask. I just want to keep that a mystery forever. <laughs> we must investigate. I'm going to screenshot and favorite this tweet, but I don't want to retweet it because I don't want them to explain what's going on. I just oh, want, I just I'm want to know that someone, someone is too traumatized by monkey ass. Knowing your videos is probably something racist. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's from Norway. He's a fan from Norway. He's he's not racist. They're a progressive, egalitarian, enlightened people, right? Isn't that the stereotype? Is it? I know Finland has some nice people. Patrick. They they have I feel like we were on a roll for money. a couple of weeks and then we've just grinded to a halt today. Grinded with with our, our talk on monkey boobs and monkey ass. Yes, yes, like <laughs> The maturity level Matt for this podcast. Matt poured his soul out. Matt poured his soul out about video games not oh, being for him anymore. You guys are not interested in stuff like that. I told you. I'm I interested. You. I wanted to go back to it. I tried. I tried to go back to it. I don't care about monkeys. I care more about your now epiphany. It's like, it's almost like you've seen through the veil of Scientology and you've decided to leave the church. Yeah, so I'm a Scientologist now. Hello, I'm I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring the the science back into this podcast. <laughs> what should I even label this segment as in the description? Matt finds God. There we go. Thank you. Thirty-seven minutes in, and and what are we at now? Fifty-three minutes. I like how that's it. Now we're a podcast about video games with two people who don't play video games. <laughs> Wait, you play video games, Liam? I, but this is the thing. This is why I want to talk about it because I, I find it interesting and amazing that you know you can sort of have this revelation about video games. I literally, if I play a video game for an hour, I've had like an unproductive day because that's one hour I could have been doing something else. Yeah, I just that's how can't I feel stop now. doing other things. I want to play games, but I, I have the opposite of an addiction to. I don't want to say working, but I, but it's it's working almost. Yeah, I like doing what I do, which is you know, obviously making games, and I enjoy that both professionally and personally. So, like, soon as like I clock off professionally, I go straight into Game Maker or Unity, and I'm making something because I don't know. I just find that unless there is like a game that comes out for example Final Fantasy 7 most recently uh, right, you know, right, prior right. games the that games came out. yeah no but just I, I just a game that I play that makes me feel different right I know if I yes. played Ancestor for 10 minutes it would feel like other games I've played due to the open worldness obviously not getting into the monkey mechanics that we've already talked about but monkey mechanics ooh, ooh, the, uh, uh, button it's like it's like for example civilization 6 something we've been talking about came out on the epic store but i haven't booted it up yet just because i know almost guaranteed what i'm going to be getting into because i've played yeah. it before and i have to find like an, a moment of time where i can be not unproductive but i can either just forego any other interesting game that may take my fancy and play mm. or have to stop doing work 
And it's why only usually like Lonely Mountains Downhill is another one recently where I generally found time to play that game because it was so enthralling to play it. And I really yeah. enjoyed it because I could do two things at once, which was catch up on podcasts and also play that game. So I didn't feel like I was just dedicating all this time to a video game, which is something I really do find hard. And it's weird talking about like, oh, Xenoblade is coming out at the end of this week. I'm never going to finish that game. But for some reason, I just want to play it. And I've kind of just yeah. been waiting. Scratch that itch. And I've, I've been okay with not playing any other game because I'm just, I'm like, well, I'll play that game when that comes out. And then I can use all this time, be productive now. I don't know. It's good at the same time because then I don't waste a lot of time playing games and it's not wasted time if that's what you want to do as a hobby that's what you want to do it's the same as watching netflix the same as playing sport it's just yeah. what you want to do for me hobby wise as well i i really like making games and that is a completely different thing but tangentially it gives me the same addiction and same interest it's not to say i like playing my own games but i like being able to think of every game I've ever played and what was an interesting mechanic and be like, I want to play that right now, but I'm going to crank it up to like 11 and I'm going to fuck with it. And mm. I can't do that in video games. I can only do that by ma like making something or, or prototyping something. I don't know. That gives me the same addiction. And I need to quell that because, you know, I do that too much. Like I just work until midnight, 1 a.m. every day, whatever. But I, I don't and don't think I have for a couple of years now found myself wanting to always play games. I'm quite happy with, I do wish I I played more games, but yeah, it's certainly interesting to hear your side of it, where you come from and that. Because like you making games that, that feeds into what you want to do, what you're doing now and you learning that skill is only going to, improve your life i feel like over time like you learning mm. to build that prototype or whatever like that 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 that's like a, a muscle that you're exercising more than you playing games just just to unwind or whatever like that right i i'm, I'm assuming so it's interesting because yeah on the one hand the, the the more my career has progressed the easier it is for something i make now to become something that will become something in the future for example it's not like a hobby thing Which if i carry better. on with it i can market it and sell it because that's kind of what the position i put myself into is but it still is every time i fuck with something like recently with this golf game thing it's just come out of wanting to make something that was an idea in my head. And then my, that little, it's almost like, you know, when you have an itch to play a, a certain specific game, you're like, I yeah. really want to like play an online multiplayer game. I want to have that competitive, like that itch in the back of your head. It's like, that is what gets scratched when I just like boot up game maker and I start making something. I'm like, ah, okay. I can calm down a little bit now. Like, I don't yeah. know. It's, it's super intriguing how things have changed because when I've done other jobs in the past, like web design or whatever, I've never, I, as soon as it's like 6 p.m. or whatever, that's it. Clock off. I, my brain shuts off my, even caring about that. And I can go straight into, you know, playing games or, or whatever. Like, mm. oh, I, I, I just wanted to chime in <laughs> with, uh, with, 
with with some whole big pseudo intellectual reminders of Ian Bogos talking about how a lot of gameplay is very similar to doing work and completing chores and, and labor. It's like fixing a broken machine. You you play the game and, and make it work again. When you start the game, it's broken. And I I get that a shitload. And I think that explains why it felt like such a slog for me to go through all these dusty old strategy games for the global warming video. And and then such a, a different experience that felt like a genuine breath of fresh air that was genuinely fun for me when it was uh, the Ancestors Evolution game. I find reading books and watching documentaries to, yeah, at this stage in my mm. life, at the age I am, I do genuinely have more fun doing that than playing most of the games that you can probably tell I'm kind of slogging through for videos. Careful now. Careful now. You <laughs> might become full dad. You don't want to go through. full dad. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to go full dad. Don't. I kind of agreed. Like, I think it's why I can't just sit down and enjoy a game because my brain is always thinking like not to sound like oh look at me again <laughs> right and like but the when i sit down i can't like turn off like what i would either do to improve it or to change it to suit my tastes it's why i have to kind of play games that are not like the games i would make or or something like that because otherwise i'm just like this is too similar to what i'm already thinking in my head it's really weird. That's why reading or watching a documentary or, you know, watching like the last dance on Netflix recently has been like, ah, oh, I don't have to think about video games at all. I don't have to think about them making them. I don't have to think about playing them. Like my brain can entirely literally just relax. And you're learning. Yeah, I know. It's just like turning off the brain. I, I don't know. It's super intriguing. Like, like at bare minimum, I feel like, like time invested watching a documentary gives you a little bit more of an interesting story to tell the person, a person next time you got to do small talk with someone rather than, than chipping away at, 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 at the Civ six game I've had running on and off for the past entire year, even as much as I enjoy that. Like it's just, there are opportunities being lost by spending time there instead of with something as easy as a documentary. I don't know. I don't want to sound preachy like, hey, if you stop playing video games, you'll be more productive and learned. You'll have <laughs> you'll have learned more things like if if that's what you want to choose to do, especially during this crazy time, then you should do it. I would say if you have. Yeah, it's because of the coronavirus. Like if you have way more more time on your hands, you're probably playing more video games. And that's OK. What has, you know, what could benefit is maybe some management is what I'm saying. That's it. That's, that's yeah, what, I'm, that's, that's what me, I'm famously bad at, right? For, for me is management. I've managed my time. I went cold turkey for a bit because I, I really wanted to uh, reset myself a bit. Um, And now I, I, I. I feel better because I have like a mm. lot of free time and I'm like, I can go to bed now and feel okay about it. You know, I also want to like walk back and say that when it actually does work, video learning a real life subject through video games is probably a better way to make the lesson stick with you than with the documentary. I, I like, like history and science that you gain from going through Assassin's Creed or Kerbal space program is, is, 
probably doing a better job of making that stuff stick with the kids than than the traditional means of education. Yeah, absolutely. I imagine in some way, shape or form that that would stick. It's like why Minecraft is used across Mm. schools everywhere in the world, right? Like, I think it's the power of interactivity, like the ability to just change things by interacting and it just sticks with you a lot more. And another person's perspective and learn learn about what it's like in their shoes. I imagine what crazy scientist started playing like Magnum Opus and then was like, I know all of the chemical formulas of life. Is that the last level of Magnum Opus? Do you have to make life <laughs> out of the chemical formulas? <laughs> Games are great. Just so are a lot of other things, maybe. Do you want to segue this into what the golf? Because I feel like this is exactly what you and I both might have to say about what the golf. Should we segue from shitting on playing video games to to a video game? Yes, George, I think we should. So you sent your warning messages last night. I was real excited and hyped to play what the golf, which I'd played demos of before at conventions and seen cute little trailers of. And before like the 90 minutes was up, I, I noticed the same joke repeat over and over again. The first time I held the button down and predicted what was going to happen, the joke fell flat, and I'm wondering if it's going to feel like a slog to actually complete the rest of this thing now. I was really excited about what the golf, I'm sure it's fun while while being tipsy with friends in front of a screen, but when I was playing it alone in bed by myself, it, <laughs> it felt like like work after not too very long. Matt, have you played it? No, 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 I didn't play it. <laughs> Wait, is it free? Did I miss out on No, that? no, no. It, it, I mean, it's on Apple Arcade. It was one of their release games. I don't got no Apple phone. No, man. I am playing no Apple games. I don't got no Apple phone. <laughs> have, you, have, you seen, have you seen it, though? You, uh, you must yeah, have seen yeah. It I like know that. what you guys are talking yeah. about. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's the thing, right? I think the curse of this game is that it's, it's a good game, but whatever, whatever you see full front that entices you into the comedy of it is that as George is mentioning, within 90 minutes of playing it, the gameplay is not strong enough to hold up the novelty of the joke. And when you are over the joke, there's nothing there really to keep you going. Because the puzzles are not puzzles. They're, they're not. It's like reacting and then mashing the same button over and over again to go ahead and finish the level so you can react whatever is in the next stage yeah to something else very unengaging you know i did mention earlier about how like one button play is something i find very lethargic and not in enticing and engaging and i'm wondering if i would have even fallen off on it harder if i was playing it on a full screen type setup where where all my attention was supposedly being demanded by this game that requires only one button press not much to, to think through on your way to, to leading the goals. Yeah. It, it's definitely imaginative. They try. And it is presented really nicely, and it is funny. It's just that as a long-form game, I don't know. So have you guys played any of the WarioWare games? Like, invested serious time into them? Because mm-hmm. I've, I've played them on a friend's machine. I've never actually had a WarioWare game for myself. Did you play the Wii one? No. Smooth moves. No, I've only played the DS ones on on other people's machines. 
Oh, the Wii one is fantastic. So when it comes to games where where you like react to a two second gag and then move on to the next one, how does what the golf compare to a good WarioWare game? Uh, I I understand what you're trying to get at in terms of like these quick moments, but you spend maximum twenty seconds in a WarioWare mini game, whether you fail or you win, right? And in some what the golf levels can be frustrating. And you'll spend a good one to two minutes. So it doesn't feel like, um, you know, you're progressing as fast. Hmm. And also the theme is always golf. Even if there are hmm. other objects or random shit that, that yeah. it, the, the overall aesthetic is golf. Whereas these warrior games like can a dance flip party, nose picking party. <laughs> yeah, they can flip from anything, right? Like a karaoke party to... I don't know, some sort of karate tournament to pick it, like frying eggs. It can go from anything to anything. And it's in such quick bursts. Obviously not the most, you know, played games of all time, but there's definitely something about the each mini game has its own novel joke to it that lasts a bit longer because it's only there for a brief time and then it's gone. But this constantly is just reiterating different jokes about golf and about And it's like, the same controls every time. Yeah. There's no there's no challenge other than the obstacles that get in your way, big or small. I think that's what, what really especially kills it for me, is just it's all gonna always be boiled down to one button you hold down and a meter you gotta manage with a an extremely sensitive analog stick on the Switch version. The Switch version is also more unwieldy than I remember playing it on an Xbox 360 pad being like, I don't want to drag it, drag it out too hard. I'm I'm ready to switch topics. Yeah, I, I wanted to ask if you guys have played Ghost Runner. Not yet. I, I remember you posted in the Discord saying that we have to play it at some point. Is yeah. it the games out now or is it just the demo? No, it's just a demo. This demo, I I thought it was good. I, I thought I'll give it a little mention then. This demo, it's free. Go try it out. It's a uh, it's like Super Meat Boy, where you die and you could just like restart instantly. Is it a bit like it's a bit like Mirror's Edge, right? It's like Samurai Mirror's Mirror's Edge. It's Cyberpunk Mirror's Edge, <laughs> and <laughs> and like one hit kill type gameplay, and you move extremely fast. You can. You can use momentum to move faster if you um, get a handle of the controls. And um, you can block bullets. You can dodge in midair. You're some, like, cyber robot thing. And um, it makes you feel awesome. It makes you feel awesome. And it's just a short little demo. It shouldn't, it shouldn't take you longer than, like, 20 minutes. How is the music? Good. The music got got some rad, sick neo eighties beats. Yeah, good. love it. Good, love it, love it, love it. Yeah, the aesthetic looks uh, mm-hmm. it's right on point. It's right on point, man. Yeah, I got um, I gotta see how it turns out. I gotta see how it turns out. See what what if the gameplay changes over time. That 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 would be the the winner or the killer of that game for sure. But yeah, effort, I did watch the the. I did watch the five minute demo video that got uploaded about it, and I would like to see the combat expand a little bit beyond what it beyond is. slicing and dicing. 
Does it? It doesn't feel like Skyrim, though, right? When you're like flailing around. Hell no. Okay, Hell good, no. Good, Skyrim good. has some horrible combat. <laughs> just you know that 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 two hands in front of you kind of feeling of first no. person. Just constantly can't get the Skyrim feeling out of my head. Yeah, I know that feeling. <laughs> you know, and let me just say, yeah, I understand. There's a lot of mods out there, but Skyrim combat is garbage. <laughs> It's, it's always been garbage you know it's like i had my fill with oblivion and then when i hit skyrim i just beat it and dropped it and never played it again can you i know? at least say that like like i totally understand why skyrim became such a big hit though like why? like i because it's gorgeous to look at it it streamlines all all the fun at you within like the first good five to ten hours and that's how long most people play games anyway and those first five ten hours before you have your fill of it are are pretty damn great i can talk shit about skyrim if i want but i at least also feel like <laughs> i'm a little boy. tired of discussions like that because evidently the history has shown that this was one of the most popular games of all time and got ported to everything oh absolutely skyrim is the, it's a time and a place it was 2011 it's talking about the combat some other combat. Just talking about, just ta- talking about, you know, uh, Todd just fucking up all the time. That's all. Just fucking up all. You know, just, just, yeah, no, just no, it's Fallout just the uh, res- residual anger from um Fallout seventy six. <laughs> my waste of twenty minutes of how garbage Fallout four was. Or did did Todd lead to your new revelation? Todd is what helps you find God. He probably helped me. He's like, you know what? You know what? Video games are shit. (laughs) Why am I even doing this podcast? (laughs) Headphones off. Get out of here. (laughs) Two dads next week. (laughs) I just realized, side note, very important side note, after the tool bashing of last week, George is wearing a Metallica t-shirt. I've never seen that shirt before. Yeah. The shirt is from high school. I saw that. Was... <laughs> <laughs> My shirts are way too big, let me tell you, from high school. Whoa. I don't own They're like triple X from, like from high school. <laughs> five years ago. I don't know how the hell you still have shirts from high school. You also moved. Yeah, but all the clothes I moved with have also dissipated. If I ever have to move, this sh- shirt is probably going in the trash. Did you buy it from Hot Topic? That's a thing, right? That's an American thing, right? My <laughs> high school girlfriend gave me this shirt from Hot Topic back <gasps> when I was in high school. Yeah, I, I was right. I just guessed. I've mm-hmm. never been to a Hot Topic in my life. Oh, they're everywhere. Wow. They're like the plague. That's where you get all the edgy shirts. Do you like Metallica? Not really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm... Whatever, they're just... Background music. I, I, I don't go either way on them. They're no pussifer, though. Background music, he says. We're all, we're all over the place. Wow, today. we're we're really just oh my god, yeah. <laughs> we're really just railing in. We're talking shit about video games. We're talking shit about my Metallica. I'd rather listen to video game music than most Metallica music. I mean, I don't disagree with you. I like Metallica. Oh, no, I don't disagree with you. <laughs> video game music for the most part is amazing. 
Metallica just feels like the <laughs> vanilla of mainstream family-friendly metal acts from from the nineties. I went down a rabbit hole. Ah, speaking of, actually, I went down a rabbit hole of watching like Friendly. Metallica videos on YouTube of nothing to do with their music, but when they argue with each other, it's so funny. Just a bunch of old men arguing about like guitar riffs <laughs> and what goes where in a, in a song. It's totally going to be us in 20 years. <laughs> Except we're going to be like, like doing Matt that with still video hasn't games. Played a game. <laughs> oh, it's. He played the Ghost Runner demo. That's a game. <laughs> I'm playing a game. I'm going to play a game this week. Fantasy there you Star go. Online Already 2. Already falling off the spend an unhealthy amount of time uh, playing that game. Like, I'm, 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 I'm being productive, man. I'm, I'm going I'm to learn shit. Podcast. I got to do it for the pod. As soon as Fantasy Star comes out. I got to do it for the pod. I got to do it for the pod. Do it for the pod. I got to do it for the pod. That's it. That's the catchphrase of this do episode. Pod, do it for the man. pod. You're doing fun. This just one, just one day of playing. Yeah, yeah. My friend Fred is like, "Hey, you want to play some Fantasy Star?" No, no. I'm, I'm reading a book. What are you? What are you reading? The guidebook to Fantasy yeah, Star Online. <laughs> I remember trying to log in my AP reading hours as a kid in school with like strategy guides and instruction booklets and stuff. I think I still have the uh, Fable Two uh, strategy Shut book. Shut up, mom! I'm like... reading books old box back here yeah i had like this elector collector's edition i don't it's weird man it's weird i don't know why i kept it it's it's just in my stuff i've i've sold so much stuff moving over here to california and i still had that fucking book in there i don't know why i wonder what i'm gonna be doing with all my old official playstation magazines <laughs> do you regret it oh i threw away all mine do you miss them at all it was do a you- lot I don't miss them because I haven't thought about them until this very fucking moment. Thank you, George. I know how you feel because I still have from five years ago four or five boxes full of old Super Nintendo games, old Dreamcast games, all of my original Amiibo collection for Super Smash Brothers, shit ton of video game art books, and basically every position I had when I was working at Rockstar in my ex-girlfriend's mum's barn in Lincoln in the UK. So I can guarantee you, I ain't ever getting any of that shit back. And that's oh, from five years ago, before I went to Japan. Oh man, or oh, either or sold, I don't know. She probably fed it to the pig. She had uh, some pigs. Gone, so maybe. <laughs> but I just want my, I, all I want is two things. I want my original Amiibo, all of this, because I have like all of the Smash characters up to I think it was maybe Cloud. I can't remember. Cloud or Ryu. Whichever one came out as first DLC. I had all of them. And then I moved to Japan and I got the ones I didn't have, which was like Shulk, because he was super rare. And and uh, somebody else that was super rare to get hold of. And then I completed it. And they were worth loads of money at the time. And I felt achieved. But now I have to feel like I have to buy them again. And you guys can see that I have a shit ton more over here. And it's like I've got half a big collection in Japan and half a big collection in the UK that will never be reunited. Just 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 go over there, man. Just go over there. Oh yeah. That's a real small idea right now, isn't it? Oh, this is before. Yeah, yeah, that's that's my point. That this is my ex-girlfriend in the UK's mum's bond. Smash Brothers is that old? 
I didn't know Smash Bros. was that old. Yeah, the, the Amiibos came with Wii U Smash. We're old. We're old dads. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Dude, I don't want to re- remind myself that was five years ago. Five years ago. Dude, it came out 2012. Yeah, but we got we got the Wii U at the end of the cycle. And now everything. There's no reason for me to keep it in the box anymore. Everything got ported over to Switch and... I'm probably going to want my Switch on my deathbed more than I'm going to want my old Wii U. On your deathbed, you said? Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's expecting that to come soon with all this food poisoning. Yeah. I and and I'd, I'd like to have, like, one last good Metal Gear Solid 3 run before I go. On the Switch? On, on whatever whatever good console will we'll hopefully be able to play MGS 3. Let's see, what else the do I want to play on my deathbed? The 3DS port of MGS. <laughs> yeah. I'll be hooked up to a ventilator in the hospital, dying of pneumonia, and just being like, oh, at least I get to 99% camo one more time. Wow. God rest Kojima's soul. You know, Ocarina would probably be a good deathbed playthrough. Uh, A nice Ocarina time. time machine. No. A waste of time playing through the foundational entertainment experience of your childhood when you're at the part in your life where you're yeah, going to want to remember about, like, all of it. Th- yeah, but think about one, how it make you sad that you're dying on your deathbed and that you once were alive and kicking as a child. Two, you, how many times have you played Ocarina of Time now? And three, like, there, there's more fun ways to go, I feel like. Than dying while trying to change into the iron boots in the middle of the water temple. <laughs> yeah, you're trying to remember which fucking levers you need to pull to blow the water. And you're like, <gasps> George Weedman was pronounced dead midway through the, the fourth mini dungeon on his way up Ganon's Tower. <laughs> his dying words were, according to the nurse, at least I got 15 hearts before I, I made it here. Wow. Doom and Duke Nukem would also be nice to have in the deathbed. Oh, yeah, that, that'll that keep your heart alive, won't it? The, the foundational <laughs> experiences. I, 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 think, I think I'd genuinely enjoy spending a couple days going through those before before the very end. I don't know what game I'd play before I die. It, it'd probably have to just be like Mario or something. Which Mario, though? Super Mario World. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a nice, sweet, nostalgic one. I say Kingdom Hearts three, like oh, really, really put me in a grave. You know, just really Wait. when I'm ready to go, you play that game. We're having a serious discussion <laughs> now. What? What if? What if? Right. Here's the caveat. Here's the rule. Okay. Uh-huh. We're gonna play a little. We're gonna play a little game. <laughs> you have to choose a game that if you die, that's it. You die. Oh, and secondly, 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 you only die either oh when you die in the game or the game ends. Uh, what game do you choose? I don't know why why I first went to Gears of War um, online. Oh, yeah, like a 10-hour campaign. That's a good idea, isn't it? <laughs> but if I die, I die. You know, but the risk, the risk is there. Can you imagine? Ooh, fuck I'll be it. playing like Bring the best. Me Spelunky right now. Oh, fucking Spelunky, man. I fucking hate that game. You could choose like WoW, right? And you could inevitably play forever and stay alive. But 
if you went to do raiding or something, you'd really, really, really have to rely on the people you were playing with not to get you killed. <laughs> the implication of being on your deathbed is that it you know it's your deathbed. Like, you know it's there. So why would you pick a game where your death can come unexpectedly? Because the god of video games has bestowed you the immortal power of being able to stay alive for as long as the video game lasts. Oh my god, Liam. This brings a, this brings a whole new meaning to the two words, final games. Hey, there we go. I am the master of said final games. <laughs> if I would have to pick an MMO, I would definitely pick Elder Scrolls. Because like, there's just so much, so much story there. How many times have you died in you Elder know? Scrolls, though? <laughs> so much content to go through. I don't. I don't die much at all. I would definitely be training up like yeah, everything. Yeah, you'd be grinding the first area to be the most, pow- the most yeah, powerful you possibly can be. I'll, I'll be training up. There's no way I'll be dying. <laughs> There's no way. <laughs> die to some giant rat. Kill those champion like, no! points up. <laughs> Two burgers to go, please. Introducing Burger Time, the home video game where you're a chef trying to make hamburgers. There's just one problem. The food is trying to make hamburger out of you. For Intellivision, this fall, Atari 2600, Aquarius, Apple II, and IBM Personal Computer. Burger Time, only from Mattel Electronics. We are closed now! I hate to do this so much, but... We did talk earlier before the podcast about how this was a slow news week. I know, we're an hour and 26 minutes in. I knew this would happen. I knew <laughs> so, this would fucking happen. So that we should pad out our small talk bullshit for a comically uh, long amount of time. So yeah, we, we have one, one story for you folks this week, and it's something that happened last week, and it's fucking <laughs> hilarious. It's easy pickings. Low-hanging fruit. Uh, the the Culling Two has re-released as the Culling One oh with a business God. model that is sure oh to God. call it of new customers. Ah! We didn't mention this uh, last week, did we? Right, can can, can uh, if you don't know, please, please, George, let's let's run and us through. Chan- chances are you don't, because um, the previous installation of the 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 fantastic. Culling multimedia franchise apparently peaked at 240 players during its prime shortly after launch. The Culling is a game that goes all the way back to March 2016 when it released during the initial curve of the Battle Royale craze for a out-of-early-launch release in October of 2017. It did not do well at the time. It had its own spin on the PUBG formulas where you were crafting and stuff in addition to killing an island full of other kids. But it couldn't stack up. What really pissed off the fans was the very, very quick release of The Culling 2, mere months afterwards, that released around the time Fortnite was really taking off in summer 2018. The Culling 2 peaked at 240 players after launch, evidently facing a lot of controversies about the monetization scheme and fans who felt that the first game should have been getting more support during that time window. And it didn't do well at all F- famously bad launch they, they they shut it down very quickly and then re-released the calling one in september of 2018 with a free-to-play loot box model that didn't do well either they took that down in march 2020 now they're re-releasing it as the calling origins on xbox one only so far as i could tell the game's been removed from steam and the website 
404s when you try to go to theculling.com. And the most helpful guides you can find about how the payment plan of this free-to-play game, not free-to-play, pay-to-play, but it's pay-per-play, I guess, would be a better way of describing it. Yeah. It's bonkers. It's absolutely fucking bonkers. Go through it. Go through it, George. $4.99 United States cents grants you a one-day trial period. You pay $5 to play the game for a day as a demo. Afterwards, you will need to spend match tokens, which are either won by winning an online match or available in packs of uh, $1 for three matches or $5 for 20 matches. Or you can buy a seven-day pass for $2 or a 30-day pass for $6. Yep. You have to pay money to play. Put, put coins in the broken machine that you fix with no, your no, gameplay. It, it's free to play otherwise, right? So you log in and you just play one match for free so okay if it's buy to play and you have to pay for each match if you don't win that's insane that just makes it worse that's just it's strange because it's not that different from like a really egregious free-to-play mobile game, right it's not that different you know when you have like silver or dust right and you run out you have to wait a certain period of time, or you have to pay for more. And if you win, you get more rewards, blah, blah, blah. But as a PC game that lives and dies of having a player base, like, not only, like, getting people to play, like, a single-player game and then having some sort of shitty version of this, but having literally a game that requires vast amounts of people to join to even make one match, having a paywall that is so bad anyway that it's laughable. But even the thought of just not having people be able to access it easily is going to immediately make it so the first couple of games are just going to have no players. After like what happened to this studio last year or two years ago, whatever it was with The Calling 2, I am dumbfounded that this was the decision. Not only is the pay structure obviously mm. ridiculous but the idea that you would even add it to a game genre that requires for your game to even be slightly successful when you're competing with already very good games in the space yeah. but the idea that you would then hamper a game that requires as many people playing it as possible with a paywall even if it was a good paywall I don't, I don't know what they're thinking. I have no idea whether it's just some crazy CEO who has literally no fucking idea and nobody will tell him no, but man, I, I do not know. You have Fortnite. You have the Call of Duty Warzone. You have PUBG still kicking it. Like, why would you play this shit? Like, and you watch if- the trailer for The Culling and you're just like, what the f- What is this? Not only is it a shitty trailer, but it's a shitty model. Like, no one's playing this. I, I hope, I hope they launch this stuff. I don't know if it's launched already. And no one plays. No one even touches it. I want to see his bank account. Just <laughs> look at his bank account and see nothing in it. <laughs> There's nothing in it. Because this is absurd, man. You don't just come out with something like this. So, like, I'm reading, I'm, I'm reading up, right, and they updated it saying the reason they did it is because it's they tried the free-to-play version prior with the first telling. 
but it was unsustainable, which is fair enough. That's fair enough. But that means whatever microtransactions you were selling or whatever monetary thing was not worth it for the player base. The opposite thing to try and fix that is not to then slap a price tag on the same game that you were already giving away for free. It's to try and fix whatever microtransaction systems you have. Fortnite has always been free for the Battle Royale version. And the reason it, it makes bajillions and gajillions of dollars is because of V-Bucks and microtransactions based around really cool aesthetic stuff and all of the cool hip stuff you can do in Fortnite. Like, that's what you're going to be aiming for. Not this fucking crazy-ass play one game a day, hope that a hundred other people are also choosing their one game a day at the same time as you. God, it's nuts. They updated it to ten games a day. I, I, want, I would like to know what their, like, Steam uh, stats are. Well, on the it's on Xbox, so they don't have a Steam stats page. There is a subreddit that uh, has a post from six days ago that says, is it just me or is it impossible to find a lobby? Well, there you go. Someone's playing this game. Six days ago. Someone, someone is playing this game. See, those are the type of people that need a break. They need a break. Because <laughs> if you're playing the culling... When there's all this other stuff is going on, come on, man. Reading the subreddit for the calling is like stumbling across a journal in like like Fallout or Bioshock. There's a post here I'm looking at that says it's day five and no one is here. <laughs> the pinned uh, Reddit post is the calling is back. Dev diary May twelfth. Comments eighty two. Zero upvotes. <laughs> oh, no. Damn. It's little violin. Are you, like, I, I honestly want to know, are you somebody listening to this right now and is playing this game? Please write to us about this. I, I want to know. I want to know if people are playing. It sounds like there were these fans who appreciated it in 2016 and said that it had potential but let everyone down but as i don't even remember in 2016 i yeah it was it was around i i, I remember playing the witcher and and metal gear solid and i remember PUBG being a janky mess that i couldn't tolerate back in 2016 it, it's it's cleaner now PUBG is cleaner now yeah they changed the art style too Apex is, is the only one of these games I may ever really seriously uh, put my teeth into. Yeah. Man, this this Reddit is a mess. This is Wait, no, that's not true. Tetris 99. I've won like a good four to six matches on Tetris 99. I got good at Tetris 99 and I hated every minute of it. But I, I could not put that game down. You probably won't be able to win now, right? Because you haven't been playing all this time. Because this is like that's like the same thing as like League of Legends. Like back then, you could get to diamond, right? It was easy. Nowadays, these kids, these kids are ridiculous. I can't, I can't keep up. I'm an old man compared to these kids. These kids, <laughs> see the moves before I can even do it. I was thinking about this the other day about skateboarding. I've been watching a lot of skateboarding videos recently. It seems like. Every fucking eight to ten year old that can skateboard can like do a 360 flip and yeah. stuff now. I'm like, it's, it's what the, the mind. hell happened? It's because these they grew up seeing what is possible, so they know it's possible, so they just do it. 
See, back then, we didn't know what was possible. And you see all this, uh, what's that guy's, the guy you were talking about last that invented the, the saw a lot of the skateboard tricks. I forgot. Rodney? Rodney Miller. Yes. Him. He invented all that stuff. But now kids are looking at him and all the stuff he does, and he's they're just able to fucking do it. Just because they know what's possible. It's, just, it's the reason why, like, records are constantly being broken. Back in the days, we didn't run that fast. Now it's just like, run so fast now you know you got kids breaking records in in freaking high school that's oh, i'm not gonna be able to keep up keep, keep up with these kids man. <laughs> i'm not gonna be able to keep up with these kids oh, i'm getting an old man man all these kids listen to this podcast oh old man matt oh old man matt old man matt don't know how to play fucking games. Oh, Taking man, breaks man. from games because he sucks. <laughs> the Cullings original 2016 release was probably a formative moment of their childhood, and we're just shitting all over it. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I, so yo, yo, listen, listen. They got to learn how to take a joke. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, and, and, and to be honest, if you're putting out this stuff, you got to know that. If you don't know that this is ridiculous, someone needs to tell you that it's ridiculous. The calling? It's fucking ridiculous. You should not play this game. You shouldn't get addicted to a game. Like, if you like the gameplay, you shouldn't get addicted to this because you're going to be paying money for what? You can spend that money on something else, man. Spend, buy, buy, a, buy a nice new game coming out. Pre-order uh, uh, Cyberpunk because that's why everybody's... <laughs> <laughs> buy Scrappers. Hey, you don't even need to buy it. You just sign up for a free trial and play that shit. Are we done with news? What's going on? Yeah, we can we can move on to from our one news. The the new. Our the one new. single new. New. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. That should be a new segment. The new. The new. <laughs> just when we have nothing to say. One single story that we all agree <laughs> on. <laughs> If you would like to send us comments or suggestions or questions or criticism or hatred or love or drama or romance and suspense and horror, then try your luck at dadandsonspodcast at gmail.com. Matt, do you have the the outline open? Yes, I do. Please open it up and uh, (laughs) scroll down to Giorgio T's question because it includes a, a couple of important Important, important clip. Sorry, teacher. I forgot my textbook today. Oh, look at these cats. I knew this would happen eventually, and I don't know if I had any good solid plans for it, but someone wants us to name a kitten. Georgios T. (laughs) Georgios T. Hello, dad and sons. What name will you guys give to the kitty? It's about four weeks old, and it's a girl. She was born during Holy Saturday or the Easter day, according to Eastern Orthodox Church, and the mother's name is Marjoram. Thank you guys and have a nice day. <laughs> Marjoram. I like that. <laughs> Marjoram. Uh, <okay. laughs> well, this is a first. Oh, I'm trying hard not to fuck with your kids. Yeah, I got I got my my first suggested answer. Uh, was uh my son. Name the cat go, my son. But, okay. No, just to fuck with people. I know it's a girl and I it's not really going to be your son. Just name it my son when no one else is at home. And, and if you have to explain yourself, tell him the cat's name is my son. <laughs> I guess you could say it fast. My son. My son. My son. 
just 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 so it sounds a little more normal to other people but but for you it can vicariously be my son okay should be dad should be dad a girl a girl can have a name dad right it's 2020 yeah sure what's the harm in it progressive let's see let's see are we gonna are we gonna take this seriously or are we gonna i i would like i I would i would like to suggest to commemorate this first time and also because of today that we call the cat metallica oh my god just not not anyone's name in metallica just the band metallica It's it's too long just Metallica. Metal. <laughs> Metal uh, Metal for sure. And they're like, oh, that's a nice name. Yeah, Metallica. Um Hyphen Lars Ulrich. I'm wondering what would sound funnier. I need to go feed Metallica and cl- <laughs> and give them a bath, or I need to go feed my son and give them a bath. Or I need to go feed my son and give her a bath. To be fair. I need to go feed my son is going to get you out of work quite <laughs> Oh, do you think that really could compete with, though, I have to go feed Metallica? Because that yeah. also sounds like a pretty good reason to, to get I, off work. I have to go. I have to go let out Metallica. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The, the, there are so many good possibilities. Oh no, Metallica just shat on the floor. (laughs) (laughs) My house just hasn't stayed smelled the same ever since I started taking care of Metallica in there. (laughs) Metallica stinks. (laughs) Yeah, okay, you know, you're kind of winning me over, because if you say my- I don't know, it seems like Matt's still not convinced. My son feels like, like it could have a little bit of a nasty nastiness to it. Metallica, on the other hand, is like- they're big, smelly men who probably don't, who are probably rich enough that they have someone cleaning up their poop anyway. So, like, the joke works on more layers, I think, if it's Metallica than my son. Uh, do you have a genuine name that you could suggest? I'm trying. That, I'm trying. That, Geor- that, that Georgios can then just choose. <laughs> <laughs> we have my son, Metallica, and I. What is a genuine cat's name that maybe begins with N so it can match Marjoram and also Metallica and my son? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. right. M names. We've, we've been hooked on M's this whole time. Are you are you really at a loss? Yeah. I, oh! I'm trying to I'm trying to give a serious I'm trying to give a serious I'm trying to either give something that happened this podcast. Metallica. So it's kind of like dedicated to it. Or Metallica. <gasps> Monkey? Monkey. monkey person. What monkey is with his M's? Monkey man. Monkey girl. Monkey mom. Monkey <gasps> ram. Monkey. <laughs> monkey gram. <laughs> we could give it a really long name. Like it could be Metallica monkey mycin. The fourth. The fourth. Yeah. Always a Roman <laughs> numeral at the end. I'm, I'm down with that. Metallica, <laughs> Monkey Man, Mycin, the fourth. No objections. <laughs> Monkey I. Man. I, th- no, no. I. <laughs> pick one of those. No, probably take, not Monkey. Take, probably take all three or, or nothing. This is going to be a, a very confused kitty. 
Which one of these sounds is, is no way. There is no way he's going to name this kid this. <laughs> I think we got a name for the podcast, though. <laughs> Our next podcast. Our spinoff show. Metallica Stinks. Like I said, I, 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 I can go both ways. Every week we name a cat a different Metallica stunt. I've had fun and also been pretty unimpressed with Metallica singles over the years. <laughs> Leonard K says, hey, dads and sons, whomever you may be. I found myself thinking about Phil Fish recently. It's been a good <laughs> seven years since since. Oh, God. It's been a good seven years since he's been on social media. This was before Gamergate and before the modern political mess that we're in. There's a lot of elements to his story pervading today's culture, and I wanted to know what you guys think about that time, given the context that seven years of future of developments has provided. I just like the idea of somebody sitting there being like, I wonder what Phil Fish is up to. That's evidently what the question was was like. How, how do we feel about Phil Fish in retrospect, I suppose? Every time I think about the indie game movie i think about phil fish mm, yeah and how depressed he was <laughs> he was so depressed dude talking about oh man Oof. yeah Oof. yeah i feel like we we in retrospect can probably spot a lot of that going on in that movie yeah it's funny because i think phil fish was before his time and the, and, and the way I mean that Ooh. is that on Twitter, he was a very uh, jokey, egregious guy who basically Spicy. canceled any negative thoughts. Whereas right now, in the, in the Twitter sphere of 2020, that's kind of like the popular thing to do. Yeah, I just realized I called it spicy, and that is post-Phil Fish lingo. That totally would have described him. He was just doing something maybe before it became quite apparent that that's a thing that you can actually get away with doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's... But he couldn't obviously hack the negative pressure. Uh, well, I mean, it was not nice. And he literally he... canceled a video game because of it, which I feel like all the power to him. Uh, he obviously made enough money from Fez to just wander into the sunset. And never come back, I guess. He he did also did that thing where where there were like hints dropped that it might have been performance art all along. Remember when he changed his profile image to Andy Kaufman? I don't know. Phil Fish is obviously a strange dude. Yeah. I don't know if like how 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 much guilt I should feel. Because he got a what? lot of negative shit. Like because of indie game the movie and because of what people thought he was as a person based on that movie. Which is not entirely true. He was a stressed out indie dev trying to get a deal sorted and trying to make his video game. He obviously was very uh, to the point with some of his thoughts, but that idea is what people latched onto. That that that, that was him. It's just... That persona was him all the time, which for most intent and purses at purposes is not actually the truth supposedly well the, the, a lot of the controversies come from him just straight up telling fans to go suck his dick right which now would be like a funny <laughs> joke thing like he's not japanese and didn't make bayonetta yeah <laughs> like that, that he's not cameo right so but 
Kamiya gets away with it. But I feel, you know. Yeah, that's the world we live in. I remember when it was happening, people were like comparing him to to Kamiya. And a big thing was that his career had not garnered enough accomplishments. He, He hadn't yet succeeded in the free market to earn telling people on Twitter to suck his dick privileges. I'll be a thousand percent honest with you. I don't think it's got anything to do with that. I think it's the same as the way sexualization of video games in Japan is different to America. It's just an un, uh, a misunderstanding of the nuances of language and culture. It, it looks funny when it comes from Kamiya because you don't sense any animosity in it because it comes from a Japanese person. Whereas if you see it from Phil Fish, who is actually a French language speaking person, uh, because it's on. English language and comes from Canada, it feels like it's more, it's got more word, like hatred or vitriol behind it than Kamiya's posts, which seem funny just because they come from Kamiya and are from a Japanese person. Also, I think people are more aware of, of misinformation and how internet rumors can spread and also how documentaries can be edited. One thing that I thought of after seeing Tiger King was about that scene in Indie Game the movie where Jonathan Blow it looks heartbroken that Soldier Boy didn't un- didn't get braid. And now I'm wondering if maybe all along <laughs> was he actually talking about his dog or his mom or or his dumb roommate, someone who wouldn't get braid anyway, you know? And they just threw those clips of Soldier Boy in to make his heartbreak look somehow especially ridiculous. Or if he really was talking about Soldier Boy in the middle of that interview where where they had him like silhouetted against the window of daylight. <laughs> remember those those shots? I remember, oh, I remember. I wonder how well Indie Game the Movie has aged, you guys. I bet if we watched Indie it Game the Movie good. now. It still looks good. Uh, I watched it not maybe a year two ago. No. Again. It's been years, not, dude. No, I, I watch I rewatched it again. Oh, Did it hold oh. up? Like, did oh, okay. the, like, post-post-rock Mogwai soundtrack still sound good. quirky and cute in 2020? I honestly have no idea how it generated either any controversy at all. It's kind of boring for most of the part. The only good you think so? things think about so. it, really, that are insightful is the Meat Boy team, because you see a lot of, like, yeah. what the Xbox certification is and, like, actual useful stuff. And it's not even it's not even that dramatic. Like the Phil Fish thing is kind of like that happens mm. like every fucking day in a lot of video game studios, right? People trying to sign deals that don't go through, or people withholding money based around partnerships or something. Like it's see, it's, it's boring to you because you've dealt with it, but it's not boring true. to people who are outside of maybe, it. yeah. Because when I watched, it, I was like, holy shit! Mm. I was like, holy, it gave me a new perspective. We well years ago, but yeah. When thinking on the depression evident in that movie, my mind absolutely goes to Tommy Rufinez at like 4 a.m. in a Waffle House, like wondering why the store page wasn't open or not, unable to sleep, like like bags under his eyes and his face swollen up in the interview. Imagine if they made an indie game in the movie too, right now. How much? Where are they now? What, no, not even that. Like how much stuff you could put in that now? Like compared to what the indie industry, not the indie industry, because indie games have been around forever, but like specifically what the industry of indie games Holy was shit. then compared to now with how many creators there are, how many successful stories there are, how many failed stories there are. Even stuff like if you're following up one, Phil Fish disappeared, 
Two, Jonathan Blow released a game finally after all that time. And three, the Super Meat Boy team broke up. Edmund McMillan, who is a really nice guy and did team up with a guy who turned out to be the guy who ran Nicholas, who is not a great guy. And then Tommy went off and did, you know, a Meat Boy, a new Meat Boy game that never hasn't come out yet. So it's like, think of what movie you could make right now with it. Holy shit. Also, it's the post Gamergate era and they could go straight Tiger King with it and interview all the most horrible, insane failures of them all and just pile up this huge stack of crazy indie game developers, each one worse than the last as they go through the I hope I'm not giving Danny any bad ideas because you could do like a straight up exploitation (laughs) shockumentary about the indie game developer scene now. Like back in 2012, it was this this cutesy artsy movement tapping into the the untold potential of a new medium. And nowadays, like the word gamer carries negative humorous connotations that were not there in 2012. And there would there's so so much more worse stuff they could cover. I don't really think you could make that type of movie now, considering such the negative connotation around both gamer and also being an indie developer like there was there was one in 2015 i forget what the documentary was called there was another one that was specifically about like not necessarily indie games but definitely more like minority people in the games industry lbgqt and and stuff like that really uh uh, like devs who were creating interesting experiences based on their own life experiences and man, some of the like vitrolic hate that stuff got from, you know, people who were part of the game again and stuff like that. It's like, uh, you can't do what you want, man. I say, like, make whatever you want. You know, like, make whatever you want. Pe- exactly. if, if people if people don't like the, the movie, then fuck, fuck them. <laughs> fuck them. I want to see it. <laughs> I would love to see it. I, I've never even heard of something like that. That's probably why I didn't. I guess it didn't flow up to the top. I look up uh, indie, not indie game movies, but like, like documentaries, video game documentaries. I love that shit. There's a really good Japan-based one. Yeah. You're interested? Yeah. What is it's it? It's called Branching Path. About like Japanese indie games. It's about Japanese indie games, but spe- it's specific. It's weird because it's about four years old now, I think. And we we recently had like a a, a, oh, it's a game a showing again. Uh, here in Kyoto for it because we wanted to see how different the space has changed since then for indie developers because a lot of the film focuses on Japanese indie developers trying to learn how to internationalize their audiences, you know, releasing games on Steam and stuff like that because the games industry is not localized anymore. It's not, you can't just release games in Japan and expect to be successful. So you have to release on Steam and how they deal with that. It's very interesting. A lot of great people from, you know, our community over here in it. Uh, and it's filmed and created by the Archpel uh, YouTube channel uh, production team who are like the best documentary filmmakers about Japan creators, hands down. So that's really interesting. You can actually view it on Steam. Yeah, it's, it's 10 bucks. It's 10, it's bucks, 10 bucks. Okay. It's it's worth a watch. Uh, very positive reviews. Thanks for the recommendation. Got another documentary to go to sleep. Yeah, no, it it gives a good insight into like 
for everything I talk about on this show, like Bit Summit and like our indie events over here and all that kind of stuff, a lot of that is in that movie. So you can actually see kind of what I'm talking about a lot of the time. Mm. Most of the time, it's all hot air. That means nothing. I bet it has a lot of uh, <laughs> scary pre-coronavirus scenes of, of packed convention halls, too. It absolutely does have be... pictures of Tokyo Game Show, which is horrific for the best of times, but even more horrific now. going to be weird when, when those shows got to tackle with, with how they're going to do their next year. Well, yeah. with that being said, Online. we... Yeah. we uh, George needs wait. to pee. Uh. We uh, hit two hours. I need to pee. We had uh, a, a surprising whoop. amount of, of talk out of a very small <laughs> amount of topics. As always, George. Oh, God, it's la- bad. I, Go on. Well, ah! no, you gotta finish it. You gotta finish it after. <laughs> well, guys. Metallica. We will see you. <laughs>